Welcome to the HitchedMag.com podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I'm joined again with Dr. Jackie Black. Hi, Jackie. Hi, Steve. Uh, this week, we're going to explore the topic of how loving couples can have serious disagreements and vigorous differences of opinion, but still be able to maintain their loving connection. Um, and you got a lot to say, so we'll get right into it. Uh, what are some of the common areas of conflict with today's couples? Mostly couples argue about money, sex, and parenting styles, particularly in families. We have so many families, blended families from divorce. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about money first. The disagreements are basically over how money is managed, spent, and saved. Managed, spent, and saved. So, you know, everyone comes into the relationship with their own history and their beliefs and their attitudes about money, what we call their money psychology. So the most important thing is to create a mechanism so people can sit down with each other and talk. Not just talk, but talk and listen and tell the truth about the, the fears and all of their issues related to money. Okay. The second one is sex, and it's a problem for two reasons. First, most women crave passion and intimacy more than sex. And most men, on the other hand, crave more pleasure and enjoyment that sex brings them. And so there's a a misunderstanding that often occurs. And the second thing is we have to tell the truth. A lot of times women get stuck in the mindset that I don't want to give you what you want because I'm not getting what I need. Okay. Right? I mean, it's it's out there. It's true. So a lack of interest or the willingness to be sexual with your partner often results to conflict. So you never want to use sex as a weapon or against each other. It's the sacred opportunity to connect and to be close in a way that only you two are. So again, um, sitting down and having honest conversations about what you need uh, is so important. Okay. And the third piece is parenting styles. And again, um, we make decisions based on our own backgrounds and our own experiences and beliefs about Um, children and about our job as a parent. And so parents just need to create a safe place to explore their beliefs and their values and stop trying to convince each other that their points of view are right. Parenting is not about right or wrong. It really is about values and understanding what your values are so you can make value-based decisions. Okay. Now, is that third one uh, more prominent with blended families or is it you know, pretty equal across the board. No, it's, it's pretty equal across the board. And parenting and how to parent are normally conversations that people who are engaged or just married don't have. Okay. Uh, but surprisingly, they don't have money conversations either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so what are the most important skills couples need to learn and practice in order to be effective in resolving conflicts of disagreements? These are really basic, but but people forget them, as basic as they are. The first one is I accurately identify what you need or want. This is an inside job. So I say to myself, if this situation really worked for me, what would be different? Mm -hmm. So I really have a sense of what I need and want. Then the second piece is I have to find the right words to talk to you. Right? What are the words that I'm going to use to language my needs and my wants, my thoughts, my feelings? 
And the third thing is then to be willing to sit down and talk to you honestly and tell you what I need, what I like, what I would prefer. Okay. The fourth is to communicate from the I position. I always say to couples, don't tell your partner about him or her. Tell him about you. You're the expert on you. So communicate from the I position. Speak about yourself, what you think, what you need. Okay. The other thing is people, the minute you start to say you, people shut down. It's that veil that drops. You know what I mean? Yep, yep. And, and it's not just, uh, it's not wrong to do that. It's natural. We don't want to be told about ourselves. We don't want to be the problem and the solution all the time. Yeah. But, I, but I'm really interested in my partner and can easily hear what you have to say if you start talking about you with I. Okay. And the last piece is to listen deeply. And there's a couple of parts of listening deeply. Be curious, right? Be curious. Listening doesn't mean that you're giving up. It just means that you're curious. You're not preoccupied with what it is you think, and you don't know what the outcome is. Okay. Right? So a lot of people will listen so they can manipulate the outcome. Sure. Don't do that, right? Listen deeply for information as if you're hearing your partner for the very first time because you never know what you're going to hear. Now, do you think that listening is like the most important communication skill? I mean, I know a lot of people say that. I think it's one of the most important. There are, two parts of, there are two parts of the communication that are equal. One is the speaker and one is the listener. The speaker has to let the listener know what he or she is listening for. Are you listening for my feelings to make an empathic connection? Mm. Are you listening for information because I'm going to give you a list of stuff I want you to do today for me? Or am I enlisting your help or your feedback or your problem-solving skills? Gotcha. So as a speaker, I have to tell you um, how I need you to listen to me. And then I have to really tell my truth. I have to show up, and even when it's scary... Tell the truth about what's going on with me. And the second equal part is listening in for those three things. Okay. Now, when couples have disagreements or serious differences of opinions, are there specific problem-solving strategies that they can fall back on? Yeah, there are three wonderful skills and techniques. Uh, and before you get to them, again, identify the problem. People forget to do that. Uh -huh. Whose problem is it? Is this your problem or my problem or our problem? And it's a very important part piece because not every problem is ours in a relationship. Sometimes it's mine uh -huh. and sometimes it's yours. So who has the problem? Uh, the next step is analyze the problem and gather all the information. What's the problem? How do I know there's a problem? How is it a problem? Who's it a problem for? Is it more of a problem for you or for me? And how are either of us or both of us impacted or affected? Mm -hmm. Okay, so analyze the problem. Okay. And then generate the potential solutions. And there are three wonderful techniques that couples can use. Okay. One is brainstorming. When you both sit down and throw out one idea or suggestion after the other. No idea is too way out or absurd to consider, and you write down everything. Okay. The second one is asking five whys. Well, why is this so bad? Well, why do you want that? Well, what five times you ask why. Asking why five times uncovers the basic or the fundamental cause of a problem. Okay. And the one I really love the best is um, wave a magic wand. If I could wave a magic wand, how would this situation be exactly as I need it or want it to be? 
So waving a magic wand suspends our reality or our stuckness. Okay. Right, because we're in, we're in, we're stuck because of our thinking, or we're stuck because we're afraid. And the magic, so waving, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say, so the magic wand kind of eliminates those barriers that are preventing you from doing what you need to do. Exactly right. Waving the magic wand suspends our reality for a minute. It evokes our creativity and our imagination for the desired outcome. And then there's always something in there that is very useful. Uh, in in reality. Okay. So we use the wet magic wand to get unstuck and then to get to the other place. Okay. So when you do either the brainstorming or the asking why five times or the magic wand, don't do them all, just pick one. Okay. Then you have to test. And the true test is, are your needs and are my needs met? Are both of us, both, both of us completely satisfied with the outcome? And if both partners can't say yes, really enthusiastically and energetically, then you have to go back to the process one more time from the beginning because something got left. Okay. And, and it's not unusual for couples in the beginning. I want to say the first maybe two dozen times that they use one of the problem-solving skills uh-huh. to go back and do it again because most of us come to a new skill mistrusting. Yeah, okay. Right, we, we're not sure it'll work. We don't know how it works. Our, our self-talk, our negative self-talk is really very busy. Sure. So yeah. um, allow yourself to know that you might have to go through it more than once. And you're practicing. There's yeah. no harm sitting there and going through it more than once. And new things are kind of scary sometimes, so. Particularly, the content can be scary. Yeah. I, so when couples are, you know, working these things out, what are the what are the three most common mistakes couples make when it comes to resolving a conflict? One or both partners come to the conversation believing that their needs will be heard, or respected, understood, validated, or met. And I'm going to say that again, Steve, because it's so important. Okay. They come to the conversation really believing that their needs won't be heard that they are not going to be respected or understood, the needs won't be validated, and their needs won't be met. So they're like, well, why am I sitting here? You don't care. That's sort of the shorthand. Yeah. Okay. I never get what I need or want. I'm always taking care of you. Uh-huh. That's, that's sort of the code. That's how yeah. that sounds. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right? Um, the second most common mistake is that people don't let each other finish. Mm. So if you're interrupting your partner, uh, often that will deteriorate very quickly into an argument. And, and sometimes if you don't want someone finished, you haven't gotten the whole thought, so you're getting upset about something that actually isn't even being said. Gotcha. So, right, so let people finish what they're saying. And the third piece is that people forget, this is so important, people forget to ensure that it's a good time to have a conversation. So I always say to couples, when you, when you know that you need to have a conversation or something's up that you need to resolve, go to your partner and say, you know, I'm noticing that there's something that I'd like to sit down and talk to you about and resolve quickly. That's the embedded presupposition, resolve quickly. So there's something I'd like to talk to you about. Sit down, just the two of us, so we can resolve this quickly. And I'm wondering when a good time will be. It's a good time for me now. Is it a good time for you now? Mm-hmm. And if the person says yes, then you go into a quiet place and you sit down and start to talk. There are a couple of pieces in advance of that once you sit down. Um, but, but that would be the first thing is to 
just make sure. Now, if it's not a good time for me, I'm going to say to you, you know, now's not a good time, but at three, I have a break. Can we do this at three? Or after we put the kids in bed tonight, can we do it then? So that's called a bookmark. Okay. It's what I call a bookmark. Okay. And right, it means um, my late husband was a person who grew up in a home where no one spoke about anything. Uh-huh. So if someone said, let's talk about it later, that was code for we're not going to talk about it now. We're not going to talk about it later. We're not going to ever talk about it. Yeah, okay. Right? So when you say bookmark, it's my shorthand, and I invite couples to, to use that as their shorthand that says, I hear that there's a problem. I understand. I recognize you have my absolute interest and commitment to resolve this. I want to know. It matters to me, and I'm going to show up. And it's only about finding the time. Okay. That's what a book. That's that's what a bookmark really means. And then you come back to it later. When you come back, you sit down and you both take a deep breath. You get grounded and centered, and find uh, find yourself on what I call the triangle. Are you the critical parent? Are you feeling injured and victimized, or are you the integrated adult? Because you can only have conversations with people and problem solve with your with your spouse or anybody. From the place of your adult, from your integrated adult, that's your place of your most resourcefulness. Okay, I can, you know, I, I can, I can see the listeners nodding their head in agreement, going, "Yep, I totally recognize with a lot <laughs> of what you're saying right now." Um, are there any specific rules of engagements that couples should follow to facilitate resolving their conflict? Yes, just like in all conflict, you want to create the safe space. So when you've taken a deep breath and you've gotten yourself really grounded and you find that you're in your adult, then remind yourself, each person, before you open your mouth, remind yourself that you are not the problem. Your partner is not the problem. The problem is that someone's needs aren't being recognized or met. Or perhaps both people have needs that are not being recognized and, and met. And competing needs or priorities in relationships are often what the conflict is about. Mm-hmm. And then from this very grounded place, when you're breathing and centering, there's a what I call the self-esteem reminder checklist that you say over in your mind. And it's essentially, I know myself, I know what my values are, what my beliefs and my attitudes and my needs are. I have self-confidence. I know I am good and I'm enough. I'm willing and I'm able. I'm responsible to create my life exactly the way I want it to be. Mm-hmm. I have gifts and strengths and skills and talents. They're different from those of other people, not less or better. I have limits and limitations because we do and we have to own them. Yes. And they are not about anyone else and they are not a cause for problems with anyone else. And this is important because often if I, if I bring a limitation with me, I will often feel so badly about my limitation that I'm going to project onto you that it's a problem. Okay. So when I remind myself that it's not a cause for problems for anybody else, my limitation is mine. And, uh, and I'm sitting here fully willing, able, and ready. It's like, you know, ready, set, go. Yeah. And that's, the last, that's the last part we say, yes, I am willing, I'm able, and I'm ready. And in couples, when they do this a couple of times, you can really feel each other be ready. There's an energy that's curious and engaged and interested. I, you know what? I think a lot of people are right now... Think, trying to think about what issues they want to bring up because I think they're ready right now. 
I, 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 it, this is like really inspiring. Um, oh, I'm so glad to hear that. And, you know, I, I want to let the other listen, the listeners out there also know that we, I actually just did a, uh, another podcast, episode 75, with Dr. Noelle Nelson on blaming the, the, how you have to quit blaming each other when you argue as well. So that's mm-hmm. something that's definitely worth listening to because there's a lot of great advice in there. But these two, I think the, the one I just did and, and this one with you, Jackie, I mean, there's a lot of really tremendous advice that I think can solve a lot of problems out there. So um, I want to I wanna thank you very much for this information. Oh, you're welcome. Let, let me just add one piece if I can. Oh, of course. When, when we talk to each other, let's decide to talk to each other with the sole purpose of being known, right? Not for winning not for prevailing in an issue, but really for being known. Invite someone to know you when you're talking about your issues. It just shifts the whole dynamic and the whole energy of a conversation. Okay. Those are very great parting words. Um, Unfortunately, Jackie, we're running a little long, so we're going to have to wrap it up. So I just want to thank you again very much for your time. Oh, thank you, Steve. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Um, I want to give some information for everybody else. Um, Dr. Jackie Black is a relationship, ep- uh, I'm sorry, a relationship expert, uh, educator and coach, and the author of uh, the best-selling dating book, Meeting Your Match, Cracking the Code to Successful Relationships. Uh, Jackie also has new books coming out, 99 Things Couples Wish They Knew Before Money Killed Their Marriage, uh, and that's scheduled for release in the fall. Um, Also, People Talking, Cracking the Code to Excellent Communication, and that one is slated for release in late winter. Um, You can find more from Dr. Jackie and about Dr. Jackie's work uh, at Dr. Uh, I'm sorry, www.drjackieblack.com. And of course, you can find her articles on hitchedmag.com. So thank you once again, Jackie. I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Take care, Steve. All right. Take care, everybody. Hitched entertains, educates, and inspires married couples.